Thank you for tuning into this episode of Question This Life. You can listen to the podcast at questionthislife.com as well as all of the main podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, subscribe and get involved. Hello, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining. Welcome to Question This Life, a podcast where we discuss all sorts of topics and we do exactly what it says on the tin, which is question this life or questioning everything. I'm your host and I'm very, very pleased to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for joining. If you are a recurring listener, you're someone who's um, joined the show a few times, maybe you've listened to every episode, maybe you jump in and out, whatever it is, if you've come back more than once, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining. And if you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you so much for joining. I'm really glad that you found this show. It would absolutely mean the world to me if you like, share and subscribe and do all of those wonderful things that every single content creator asks you to do but it really, really does help. It helps with the algorithms, it helps with everything, and um, that would be hugely appreciated. To anyone who's listening, whether you're new, whether you're old, um, it's amazing how much content there is out there now. There are literally millions of podcasts, billions of videos, and there's all these streaming services, there's Netflix, there's Hulu, there's Rockfin, there's all this stuff, and... um, For some reason, you are here listening to me, listening to this show, so I'm very, very appreciative of that. And I just want to also let you know that if you're quite new to the show, that each episode is quite different. Um, Sometimes I do solo episodes where I'm talking a little bit more personally about the things I'm questioning in my life, whether that's actual immediate things that are happening right now to do with my work and passion and interpersonal relationships, whatever it might be. Sometimes it's me, your host, talking about topics that I find interesting, like things on the more esoteric side, symbolism, dreams, lucid dreaming, meditation, cold therapy, all kinds of stuff. And There are also some episodes where I have interviewed some weird and wonderful people from within my network. And in those conversations, obviously, it gets a bit more loose and we kind of cover all kinds of topics. So whatever tickles your fancy, just have a look at the different episodes that have been posted. We're coming up to almost 30 episodes now. And uh, there's definitely going to be something there for you if you're into this kind of stuff. So... I'm very diligent to make sure that every episode has a nice long description of all the different topics that are covered. And I also tend to split the episodes into two parts so that you can decide which part you want to listen to or which part you don't want to listen to. And essentially just to make this as comfortable and chilled and relaxing a listen for you as possible. So with all that said, let's get started with this week's episode. So I wanted to talk this week about being yourself. What does that really mean? You always hear people say like, oh, 
I'm just not feeling myself or he's that guy he's just being himself he's really just 100% himself he's genuine he's real I couldn't date that girl anymore because she just was so fake she was never herself you know those people over there uh, I, I quite like them but there's that one guy I don't quite know what he's all about he's just he's never himself he's always trying to pretend to be someone else you know you hear this all the time and also in the kind of self-help world oh there you go self-help in the self-help world the the life coaches and all this motivational stuff that's so so hot right now around the world you hear a lot of people saying you know you just have to be yourself you have to find who you are. And um, I find this topic so interesting, especially because as a comedian, this is again something that I hear from a lot of the more experienced comics that I know, as well as the ones who I follow closely online. And I listen to all their podcasts, listen to all their shows, watch all their specials. Most of them stay very very firmly on the ground of I am myself there are obviously some exceptions there are some technicians who can build jokes that are just strong enough jokes that they don't need this sort of self uh, input but then again there's an argument there I'll, I'll get back to that but on the whole in general, when you ask a, a professional comedian or someone who's been doing it for a long time, at least, most people will say that the way to have long-term success and to keep succeeding and to keep hitting new levels is to be yourself on stage. So I've always had this in my mind. I've always had this idea in my head of being myself. I've had that through my whole life. I've been told by people in all walks of life through my different jobs, the different work I did when I was studying, when I was a bit younger and, you know, at university, at school, whatever. And uh, when I meet new people, I tend to hear this feedback that, you know, oh, you're, you're quite genuine. You're, you're, you tend to just be yourself. And I, I never really understood what that meant. You know, I don't really think, first of all, I don't think it's a very nailed down 100% specific thing. I don't think you can just define it as a specific thing. I think it's very different from person to person. And I think it's very different from person to person, even within that person. Sometimes when someone's being themselves, they're being very different to how they were a week ago or a year ago or an hour ago. It's a constantly moving thing, right? I'm just trying to set some parameters here to to get into this discussion. And <clears throat> this episode has been sort of largely fueled by a couple of good conversations and then a very specific show that I did on stage. And... I'll get into a little bit about what happened. So I had a long, great conversation 
with a couple of my comedy buddies who are, have been doing it for roughly the same amount of time as me. We're relative beginners in the scene, in the game. And uh, we're always talking comedy. We're always talking about our material. We're always talking about our jokes. We're talking about trying to get more comfortable on stage. We're talking about crowd work, which is the the term used to describe when a comedian is speaking to the audience and not just giving material, but also interacting with the audience. I've mentioned this before that I've started hosting shows. So that comes with a lot of this, in quotation marks, crowd work, because you have to kind of interact with the audience and bring them into the show and kind of set a vibe for the show, whether it's neutral or upbeat or downbeat, whatever it is that you want to set up. And then it's the job of the comedians to come on and to do their thing, whatever that might be. I would say just generally speaking, there's a huge range of philosophies and styles that come with comedy. People who defend the way that they do it, the way that other people do it. There's people who absolutely adore certain things and hate certain things. And then you'll meet another person who has the exact opposite opinion. They think this way, they think that way. So it's a completely undefinable art, I would say. And there's just certain snippets and nuggets of information and advice that you should take from the people who have been doing it longer. But ultimately, again, it's all about you carving your own path and figuring out what works for you. So like I was saying, I had this lovely conversation with my two comedy buddies. And then we were joined by a guy who's been doing it for a much longer time. And we just sort of started talking and it was a nice free flowing conversation. And one of my friends was picking the brains of the more experienced comedian. He was asking him questions about hosting and about how he runs his shows and what he's trying to do. And I found the insight really, really interesting. So what he had to say was whenever he sets up a show, he only ever sets up a show in order to train himself. He sees comedy as a long-term journey to figure out who he is. He doesn't do a lot of joke writing. In fact, I think he only writes certain ideas and premises, and he never actually writes punchlines, you know, set up punchline, set up punchline, this story, you know, it will weave this way, then weave that way. He does a lot of that figuring out on stage. Um, He has a background in improv, I know, which he's been doing for a long time as well, which is exactly that, you know, it's you get a little bit of a stimulus or you're with someone else. And the whole point is to come up with stuff from the top of your head in the moment. So that's kind of like the backbone of his philosophy and the way that he does things. So like I said, when he hosts shows, he has a very specific show, for example, that is suggestions out of a hat written by the audience and also guided. So it's not just random things that they pick, but they kind of have an interactive conversation between him, the host and the audience. And then they come up with a whole bunch of suggestions. And then the comedians have to Uh, riff on these and kind of create some magic from that stimulus. Not dissimilar to anyone who's listening to this um, from the US or 
any of the kind of more Western countries, you've probably heard of Whose Line Is It Anyway? This is a one of the most famous improv shows. Um, it originated in England, I believe, in the 90s. And then the one that the American version actually became the one that everyone knows. Um, but that, that show is, I would say, probably the most mainstream improv comedy show that there is, that there ever has been. And that's all about suggestions from the audience, suggestions from the hat, prop comedy, all this kind of stuff. So what this guy was saying, this more experienced comedian that was chatting to me and my comedy buddies, was every single show that you host has to be targeted for something that you want to get better at. So for him, he wants to improve constantly on his ability to think in the moment, to come up with ideas. And he's not so interested, for example, in the other school of comedies. I'm going to, I'm going to sort of, uh, I'm going to boil something down that is so complex and, and deep into a couple of things. So, so caveat here that this is a very, very simple summary. But there's another school of thought, which is that you should have your jokes and your your premises and your ideas all written down. You should have it all absolutely con- concretely thought out in whatever way that you do that, whether it's pen on paper, whether it's typing, whether it's, uh, you know, writing little brainstorms and mood boards and bringing it all together, whatever it is that you, you, you do, you should have your set, let's say, ready. And when you go up on stage, you should be there to deliver your set. And you should do your jokes and do your set and come what may, you learn through the audience's reaction to your pre-written or pre-thought-out ideas. And then, of course, you can kind of go into certain directions and see how that goes. But you you have to have a more um, robust understanding of what it is that you're saying. And... You know, you're putting on a show, let's say, in this school of thought, you're putting on a show for the audience. And it's your duty to make sure that you use a good mix of tried and tested stuff that's going to win them over and then maybe mix in a few new jokes and then kind of build that uh, that set. And then you're working on your your best five minutes, then your best 10 minutes, then your best 20 minutes, then you've got a half hour, then you've got an hour. And that's how you build in that way. Now, like I said, there's a hundred different ways to do it, but this is, we were having a, a loose conversation and we were kind of talking about these two different styles of comedy. So there's a lot of people in the scene that I am in where that, that focus very much on the audience, selling tickets, making sure there's enough laughs per minute, making sure there's enough ads going out on Facebook and all of the the things to create this pre-conceived notion of a comedy show. So you've got your red curtain, you've got your very animated host that comes out and gets everybody on board and it's a whole big thing and the crowd's going wild and it's all great. And then the comedian comes on the stage, the first comedian, and everyone's doing their rapturous applause. 
and the comedian goes in and he or she absolutely smashes it with their best stuff and everyone is loving it and everyone is having a great time. And then the comedian comes off, the host comes back on and he says, wow, wasn't that great? Well, wait till you see the next person and everyone goes wild. And, the, you know, you've got your lights and your sound and the smokes on the stage and all this kind of stuff. And that's a certain school of comedy. You know, that's, that is a very uh, specific kind of show. And I really enjoy that kind of show. I, I like that kind of show. I like um, both of these different types. And then the other one, you know, this is again an extreme. I'm just trying to paint a picture here. The, the other style is you walk into a comedy show. It might not be at a club. It might be at a bar. And it's a much more chilled atmosphere. The host is more neutral. If anything, maybe neutral to, to, to negative, to low energy. And they might just crack a couple of jokes, have a few very loose conversations with the audience. And their goal essentially is to break that barrier between the two. So, so not to say, I'm the performer and this is the show and welcome to this. It's more like, hi, how's it going? What's your name? Where are you from? Oh, great. What do you do? Da, da, da. And trying to find more um, deep connections with the audience. And then bringing on the comedians in a more relaxed way. So let's move on with the show. The next person is called so-and-so. And then, you know, you get a smattering of applause. And then you're up there. And it's up to you as a comedian to build whatever energy you want. So if you're that kind of person that's like, yeah, what's up? How's it going? Da, 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 da. It might be quite hard for you to to get there. Because if you just go straight in there, all guns blazing, like, here's my style, this is what I want to do, the audience might be a bit like, whoa, you're so different to that that more neutral, calm person that was on before. I find this quite jarring. I don't buy into it. So I've seen people try and fail that. I've done it myself um, many times. And then there's people who can really navigate those waters and create that lively atmosphere through small steps creeping up from the neutral level and then there are some comedians who love that low energy calm relaxed focus on the words i'm saying not every not the intonations and the the act outs and all this kind of stuff so um i'm ba i'm really really boiling it down but let's say those are two different schools of thoughts of comedy so in my time so far, I reflected as we were having this conversation that I've, I've hit a point which a lot of comedians hit in their first, uh, you know, few years of performing, where you've done several hundred spots, you're, you've, you've built up, a, a, let's say, a little bank of jokes and stories and stuff that works, usually, Let's call it your A material or your B material. And you're getting more comfortable on stage. I don't get those intense nerves anymore in the same way that I did when it was new to me. It's a different kind of nerves that I get. But on the whole, and this is the thing that happens 
very often with comedians, it's the same thing that my comedy buddies think. And I've heard lots of people who've been doing it for a few years who feel this way. You start hating your material. I hate it. I hate my material. I know the jokes inside out. I know that they they can still be improved and they need to be tweaked and they need to be honed. But you get so sick of it. You get so bored of telling the same things. And I, I was definitely in this uh, rut of feeling like every single time I go on stage, I use the same opener, r- regardless of energy in the room. I would just go up and do use the same opener, get a little chuckle, usually, and then move on to my first joke, get a little bit more of a chuckle, usually, and then start going through my a couple of the good jokes, weave in some new ideas that I'm trying to work on and then go back to a big closer, get a big applause just before the end and then walk off. That was like best case scenario. But of course, it doesn't always happen like that. Like I said, there's always different energies in the room. There might be things that have happened in the previous set that have completely changed the vibe of the room. You might get heckled. The host might uh, say something that you might have to address before you come on and until now i've been very uh hesitant and and i would say fearful of doing that in the moment thinking you know i i had a very clear idea in my head of what i wanted to achieve from this set and it was restricted to improving this thing, this thing. So start with this opener, then I'll have this one, and then this joke, and then if that doesn't go well, I'll alternate to this one, da 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 All these preconceived ideas of what I wanted to achieve. Now, I'm not saying that's not a bad idea to think, you know, here, here, here are my jokes and I need to improve them somehow, so I'm going to, you know, put the good ones at the beginning and the end and then put the, 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 the new ones or the, the less honed ones in the middle, like that's actually not a bad way of doing it. You know, there's a lot of professional comedians that would advise you to do it that way. But what I gathered from this conversation, hearing this person who's been doing it for a long time and and is that he is 100%, what he says is any preconceived idea that you have about what you're going to do on stage any spot, any show that you do, no matter how big the audience, no matter how much they've paid, no matter who else is on the lineup, no matter who the host is, no matter anything, any preconceived ideas that you have of how your set should go or what you're going to do exactly on stage is a limitation and a fear-based wall that you are placing between you and yourself, i.e. your creativity. And when he said that, I really thought about it. I thought about it, I reflected on it, I integrated it into how I'm feeling at the moment with my set, with my routine, with my material, with the way that I feel before I go on the stage, the way that I feel before the set, the way that I feel after it. I've been feeling quite negative about it, even when I've had shows where I've come off to really great applause and people have come up to me and been like, oh, great stuff, man, really good, you were my favorite, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't mean anything 
if you're not feeling it. So <clears throat> we had this long conversation and we spoke, you know, it was very inside baseball about comedy. And it, it, it actually has turned out to be one of the most important and integral conversations I think I've ever had because it really opened my eyes to that. I, I realized every single time I go up, it's kind of not really mattered who's in the audience or what's going on in the room. It's been more about what I want, you know? I have these jokes and I'm working on this. And if this doesn't work, I'm gonna to go to this, blah, 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 like I said. And it's something that I've been working on as well with the hosting to do this crowd work, you know, the interactions with the audience that are more in the moment. And the thing is, this experienced comedian said, for start, stop calling it crowd work. And that really made me think. He was like, it's not crowd work. Crowd work is a fake term because in his eyes, all a comedy show is, is a conversation between the performer who's on stage and the audience members. Yes, of course, it's being led by the person on stage. But anybody who's done any kind of performance will know that the audience has a huge bearing on what's happening. So if a joke doesn't land and a few people don't like it or even one person boos, it has such a big effect on the other people in the room and that can really kill the energy. And then you've got a whole kind of a hole to pull yourself out of that you might not have at another show. You'll say the same exact joke and one or two people will laugh in the corner and laughter is infectious. Humor is infectious. So the laughter will just ripple through and then you, you, you'll see through people's faces that they're more on your side. Now I've noticed these things lightly, but I never actually noticed them, really understood them. He said he'll watch five or six comedians go on stage one after another sometimes at some of these open mics one of them probably being me many many times <laughs> and he'll see them go up do their material bomb go up do their material bomb just one after another terrible reaction terrible reaction terrible reaction then he'll go up on stage and he'll just actually look at the audience in the eyes so you look at them and be like, are you okay? Are you all right? Hello, how's it going? Is everything okay with you? And immediately they turn, they realize, ah, this person isn't just going to stand in front of us and shout their monologue or, or speak their monologue. This joke, then this joke, then this joke. This person wants to build something with us. So we're gonna pay attention to him. We're going to really listen to him and see what he's got to say. And then at that point, this is again, all of this guy's philosophy. This is not me talking. I'm talking about someone else's philosophy. He said at that point is when he can loosen up and see where the conversation goes. He calls it a conversation. So he'll, he'll say something, get a little reaction, go into that. If he feels a little bit of a, a fear or an anxiety, he'll voice it and talk about it and see where that goes. If the energy is completely dead, if the energy is completely lively, he'll, he'll say how it feels, he'll talk about it. And I've seen this guy destroy rooms with this kind of improv in the moment comedy. 
There's nothing that lands harder than when someone does something that's in the moment and then absolutely slams it. You know, there's there's a certain type of there's this this feeling, this genuine feeling that you get when you're watching someone perform and you know that they've just come up with it on the spot. There's a very like intense It's like if if that joke was just a joke, it would get a seven reaction. But because they did it in the moment, it gets a ten. So that's this guy's philosophy and I really thought about it and really reflected on it and then that night I did my absolute best with an intention to implement this advice. It's not that this guy said here's how you have to do it, it's just that he was very kind to open his uh, mind and his philosophy, put it out into this conversation and we had a great long couple of hours chat and I just took some kernels of wisdom from it and I thought let me try that let me really try that and I don't mean doing what I did when I was hosting which was um, to have a couple of interactions with the audience and then try to lead them into areas where I have some jokes and then use my pre-packed jokes to get the vibe going and to get that little chuckle and once in a while if something happens off the cuff and it and it and it's good then great but truly I went up to this comedy show and it's it's a show up to sign up so you have to be there early and I got there late so I actually didn't even get a spot so I was with the intention of having this this uh open loose interaction as opposed to, to doing my set, so to say, at this comedy mic. And I got there and there wasn't even a spot for me. So I was gutted. I had a chat with the host, who I know well, and she said, I'll squeeze you on. So already I felt like a sense of, ooh, maybe maybe it's meant to be. Maybe I will have a, a this, you know, the intention that I really want. Maybe that's what this is all about. So the show started. I knew I wasn't on in the first half, so I was very relaxed. I was doing something else. I was kind of just right looking at my notes. And I, th I said to myself, okay, in this show, this might not sound like a lot to you guys. I don't know if anyone out there does performance or anything like that. I had somewhere between three to four minutes on stage. That's all, three to four minutes. They had 14 comedians, full house, sold out. And you don't know when you're going up. All I knew was I was going to be in the second half. They spin a wheel and that's how you find out who's going on the stage. So in the first half, I didn't, uh, there wasn't even room for me in the, in the club to watch the show. I was waiting outside with other comedians and uh, I was just making some notes. So this is not me saying, here's my material. I'm going to do this joke, then this joke, and then I'm working on this and I'm going to say this word instead of that word and blah, blah, blah. I tried a completely different approach. I said, 
All I'm going to do is name and bring into life the feelings that I feel about the room and about the people in the room and about the vibe in the room. So when I go up there, I'm going to be 100% present in the moment and just talk from the heart about how I feel about this moment. Having no preconception about material or what I'm going to say or how I'm going to do it. And even if that means that I have a... Uh, first of all, even if that means I, I have a terrible set, then so be it. That's what this is all about. These open mics are training. They are the gym. So... I knew that I had to commit and be ready to fail completely. And I thought, even if I go up and I feel terrible and the energy is weird, then I'm going to name it. I'm going to say that. I'm not just going to stick to my guns and give my material. I'm going to really, really try this. The wheel was spun, coming up to the sage. And I came up on the sage. So the first thing I did was... Uh, oh, sorry, before I, I say what what happened when I went on, the person before me had a pretty decent set. The audience was kind of laughing a little bit. And like I said, this was a packed house, fully sold out. And uh, it's a, a relatively low stakes open mic. So people have not paid uh, to, to be there. I think they've paid a small booking fee, but the show is based on donations at the end. So the audience know that this is, you know, a kind of chaotic show and it could go anyway. We don't know what's going to happen when people go on stage. It might be someone's first time. It might be a seasoned vet. You never know. So the room was, as you call it in the comedy world, it was a hot room. It was a really buzzing energy in the room. The wheel got spun and I heard my name coming up to the stage, make some noise. So I get up to the stage adjust the mic, say, hello, how's it going? Hello, everyone. Hi. And for the first time ever, instead of just looking at the people, and I was actually like relatively good at making eye contact, especially over the last year or so, I've really improved that on stage to try and connect with the people by making eye contact. But I hadn't ever really connected, let's say. I had just, if this is a... a fair way of putting it, I was just looking at them. I was looking at the people, not connecting with them. This time, I took my time, and I, for the first three or four seconds, five seconds when I got on stage, I just looked around in the moment and really made eye contact with like five, ten people. There's maybe like 50 people in the room, and it's a long room, so there's a lot of people at the back that I can't see, but the 10 people who are in front of me, 10, 15 people, there's like three or four different tables, they're all looking up at me, waiting to see what I'm going to do, and I'm just kind of looking at them, and I'm like, looking at them, I see like 90% of them are smiling with a really big ear-to-ear -ear smile, like I said, the, the energy was hot, it was a really good vibe, and there's one person, uh, girl, right in front of me, just just in front of the stage, who's beaming. She's so happy. And I just I just looked around and I said, I, I said this I, in my head. I was like, how do I feel? How does this feel? What is this moment? I looked around and I just said, there's a lot of good energy in this room, huh? Something like that. And it got a chuckle. Everyone laughed. 
because they all looked around and they were like, he's right. It's buzzing in here. And I just looked at her because she's just, her face looked so, uh, you know, inviting. This person is just beaming, glowing happiness. And I just pointed out and I said, you look really happy. And everyone loved it. Again, they laughed. They, they laughed. I got a really big laugh from that. And I just asked her, like, are you always as happy or is it the show? And she was like, I'm just a happy person. And I was like, give it up for happiness. And everyone, there's a big round of applause. And I'm now even seeing, like, the people right at the back of the room are intently looking. I've done this comedy club many times. And one of the things I've struggled with is to connect with the people at the back of the room. And here I am, 15 seconds into my set. I've already had two big laughs. Everyone is looking at me. Everyone is buzzing. Everyone is happy. And they, they're listening to me. They're really looking at me. They're like, oh, this guy's present. He's actually here. He's saying stuff to us. He's talking to me. He's not just presenting himself. And then it just kind of evolved. So I'd noticed something else interesting in the room before I went up on my set. This is another thing that experienced comedians suggested. He was like, look around in the room. Is there anything going on that you find interesting, that you think needs to be addressed, that you think needs to be commented on? And if there is, do it, risk it, try it. So I said, these guys are happy over there. You guys are eating. And I know they don't even make food in this place. And that got a little laugh. I was like, what are you guys eating? Oh, we've got falafel from next door. Great. I was actually just next door um, waiting for my spot. I was watching the uh, the Euros. They're lovely people, aren't they? Yes. I'm not telling any jokes, you know? I'm not saying anything that's funny, let's say. Nothing that's pre-written and I know that set up punchline, da-da-da-da. I'm just connecting with these people. They laughed and then this guy, and then, uh, like, like I said, it's a spin the wheel to see who comes up and the audience members spin the wheel. So they get someone on the stage to spin the wheel. And I noticed the guy who spun the wheel when it brought up my name, he's a really handsome guy. Very, very good looking chap. Slim, he's, he's well-dressed, like side parting, a uh, little bit of like a mustache goatee thing. He's very, very good looking dude. And he had like a, a, a button, button up shirt that's like slightly open at the top. And I, I clocked eyes with him and I was like, you're the one that brought me up, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, look at you over there, Captain Handsome. And that got another huge laugh, you know? And as I'm in the moment, I'm, I'm realizing like, I, I get these kinds of laughs occasionally with my best material if all of the stars align. If I say it perfectly and there's no mistake and my last three jokes landed and da 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 da, I have to do all of those things to get to this moment where everyone is chuckling at everything I say. It's not happened very often in my, let's say, comedy career so far. And yet here I am, the first time I've ever come up with the intention of just, so to say, be myself, just being myself. And within 30 seconds to a minute, I've got them. They're completely engrossed in the moment with me. And they're laughing. This guy's like, it's it's not that big of a, a joke. It's not even that. It's just an observation, Captain Hansen. And I got a huge laugh. And then I got an idea in my head. I was like, that button-up shirt with the slightly open top, man. That's a bold look. Got a little bit of a chuckle. And then I was like... Is that a little hair I see poking out of the top? And I said it like that with the, the kind of silly intonation. And again, I got a huge laugh. And then we started talking about body hair. I was like, 
his girlfriend said, oh, his hair, he doesn't have any there. He's got too much hair on his head. Maybe it, it should fall down and collect in the chest. And then I'm losing my hair a little bit. So I was like, I feel you, man. I'm losing my hair from here and here. And it's all collecting here at the, in my lower back. And I, that was a completely organic linked up joke that happened just purely because I'm talking to this person very specifically and everyone can feel it, everyone can see it. So I'm now two minutes in, everyone is buzzing, I'm getting little chuckles at everything I do, everything I say is getting like some kind of a reaction, all the eyes are actually legitimately on me and people are in with what I've got to say. And then, like I said, I only had three or four minutes, I got the light, which means that I've got one minute left so after doing this sort of uh, present in the moment interaction with the audience for a few minutes, I had one idea that I wanted to investigate and I didn't write down a joke. I didn't write down a plan. I didn't say, I'm going to say these words, then this, and then if it doesn't work, no, no. I just had an idea. I've been thinking about my posture recently and that I have two options. I'm basically either completely slouched over or I'm total statue. And I did it with the act out. You know, I'm sure you can envisage it. I went like from completely hunched over, I talked about it, you know, I feel like I'm weak and I'm putting up defense barriers and a, and a wall between me and you and, and the people around me, or I'm complete statue and I went like exaggeratingly straight up. And uh, it was so good. I was kind of walking around like a, a statue kind of left and right and, and the crowd are loving it. They're like, they're finding it so funny. They're like, they, I, I think, I assume they're enjoying the observation. They, they think, oh, this, this has some truth to it. He does look a bit like a statue. But more than that, I've spent three minutes truly connecting with them with no preconceptions of what is going to happen, of what I need to say, of what they need to hear, nothing like that. So naturally, when I came up with this one new idea that I'd never trained before or really wrote, I just had this idea, it landed, you know, it was like they, they were receptive to it. And that shows me that the idea has some legs. If I connect with the audience, maybe I can use the idea most of the time or all the time. And, and now I know I can develop that into a joke, into a premise, into an idea. And so I got light and I just said, well, guys, this has been really fun. Thank you very much. I've run out of time. See you later. And I got a really heartfelt warm applause not just like you know when it's real when they just give it to you because that's the done thing like you've just done a performance so they'll give you a little clap but um this was like we really enjoyed that there was a buzz and i came off and my a couple of friends that from the the, the comedy buddies they were like dude what the hell was that that was awesome one guy was like i'm fucking so proud of you man what the hell what was all that uh like you you were so like they they were speechless and I was speechless. They were just kind of looking at each other like, what the fuck just happened? And I was buzzing. I was buzzing. I've never felt that good about a set. In the whole time I've done this, I've had maybe four or five sets where I felt something like this feeling, and they were for different reasons. And actually, when I think about it, they were because of things that were happening in the moment. So again, it just kind of hammers home this, this principle that that's very, very important. And to tie this all together, the philosophy from this um, professional comedian, he says that exercise, doing that thing that I managed to do in this one time, he wasn't actually there, he didn't see it, but 
before I did it, he was saying that philosophy is all about finding yourself in the moment. Who are you? Who actually are you? You're not just your jokes. You're not just your material. You're not just what you wrote last night. You're actually, it's interesting enough that you're up there. This was something he said. He was like, those people who are in the audience don't do this. They don't come up on stage and try to make people laugh. They they find it already interesting enough that you're up there doing it. So if even if you don't necessarily have a completely material-filled set, if they feel like you're present in the moment and that they're with you, then that's all you're you are already the product by being up there. You're interesting enough by being up there. So that's kind of the the basis of his philosophy. And I will say now, I don't buy into it 100%. I am, as a fan of comedy, someone who really enjoys a well-crafted joke. I love wordplay and puns and analogies. And, you know, like, if this is this way, then why is that that way? And, you know, this kind of, like, classic style of... of, of uh, weaving together words in an equation to craft something that makes people think, you know, like a writing-based comedy. I love that stuff. And I also love the people like this guy who I was speaking to who can just be 100% themselves in the moment, not rely on material, see where the thing goes. But what I established in this set that was one of the shortest I've ever done and yet possibly my favorite I've ever done is that even if I want to be a joke-writing, joke-first, material-based person who's always trying to tweak and hone and make my material better, I have to do it from the platform, the foundation of building a connection with the audience. Breaking down that barrier of, I'm up here, you're down there. Hello, my name is so-and-so. Here's my first joke. Here's my second joke. Thank you very much. Good night. And and also not being completely loose and 100% in the moment and forget all my material and da-da-da-da. I now know in my frame of work, in in my world, in the, the, the context within which I'm doing comedy, I'm going to try and find the sweet spot middle. And that's my goal. That's what I'm trying to do with my sets from now on until further notice. Every single time I do a set, I'm going to go up on the stage and I'm going to be myself for a minute or two. And that will, of course, include some interaction with the audience. It will include talking to them, like they're human beings, like they exist. Not like they're watching a TV, but actually like they're there. They're right there. I'm going to stop calling it crowd work. I'm going to have meaningful one-on-one ad infinitum connections with the audience members that I can have. And then I'm going to use that platform, that foundation that I build at the beginning of a set to attempt to investigate ideas that I had and also to improve my jokes and my writing. So 
it really is like one of those moments, you know, I've had like a really, a bit of a tough time over the last few months, hating my material, feeling like I'm going through the motions, feeling like things are, uh, you know, a little bit boring. And I still go up there. I was still doing it. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I never slowed down doing the comedy. I absolutely love it. That's what I'm all about. But I was feeling like I was going through the motions. And I now realized with the amount of shows that I can do in the city within which I live, it's a disservice if I'm not trying to push myself from a creative perspective in the moment to really, truly understand who I am in that moment. Because I am interesting. I am the person who's up there doing something. I'm already at that point when I get up there. So I don't just have to rely on the words that are coming out of my mouth and the writings that I did that, and, and the jokes that I know work. I've always got that stuff. I've just spent several hundred shows developing material that I now have sitting there in a bag. It's in my back pocket. It's ready to go whenever I need it. And it, it can always be improved. They say a bit is never finished. So I will be improving those jokes and adding new ones for the rest of my life. That's what I'm all, that's what I'm, that's what this is for. But if you don't, I've noticed that, like, if I don't make a connection with the audience and first really try to, to, to have a moment in the room with them, then I'm doing myself a disservice and I'm not using those opportunities to be as creative as I possibly can. And so you hear it a lot when you're doing something that's difficult, any kind of endeavor. I have it with the jujitsu. I have it with... Um, the freelancing online, anything that's actually hard to do, it takes time and it takes effort. And then you, you have these peaks and valleys. You have these amazing times where everything seems to be going well. And then you have a dip where you're just like, what am I doing? This is terrible, blah, blah, blah. It's the same with comedy. And that's what I'm realizing now. You have to just keep pushing through it. You have to just keep taking these little kernels of wisdom about what you're doing, how you could have improved speaking to people who do things in their own way, taking little kernels of wisdom, and then integrating all of this into your own framework, your own understanding of what you feel you need to be doing. And fuck all the haters, fuck anyone who tells you it has to be this specific way, fuck anyone who says you're not good enough, you're not... Uh, unique enough or anything like that, you will figure it out. And that's what is really, really ringing true to me right now is I'm figuring this out. It's going to be a hell of a road. This is, this feels like almost like a little bit the first step. I know that's a crazy thing to say because of several hundred shows can't be not a step. You know, I wouldn't have got to this point without those insane bombs and time spent trying to get these jokes and stuff and just even just to be not nervous when I'm up there not to be kind of stiff and just standing there I wouldn't have got to this point to be able to do this uh set that I had the other day without all of that but I really feel like this is like now the next step so it's like okay cool I've done that I've seen it I've felt it I know what that feels like so now push forward and that's it. That's my intention from this point on. Every single time I go on stage to really connect with the audience. No crowd work, none of that. It's just feeling the moment. 
trying to understand who am I right now? What is, what's going on? What's happening in the room? How is the energy? How am I feeling? How are you feeling? And to build upon that with new ideas, new jokes, and of course, to use and improve my existing material that I've been working on. So it's been a very uh, comedy-focused few weeks on this show. So with that, we're coming towards the end of the episode. I hope you've enjoyed this one um, as much as I have. It's been really, really useful to reflect on what's been happening recently in terms of the comedy. And this thinking can bleed into everything that I'm doing. Um, I feel like that finding yourself, being in the moment, understanding what's going on, being genuine, being true to yourself, being true to what's happening, being true to the other people who you're interacting with, all of that is vital in anything you're doing. So I don't think any of these insights are local just to comedy. So I'm going to be implementing them in all walks of life and all of the different things I'm doing. And I hope that you as a listener have enjoyed this, that you're getting some value from this um, conversation. And it's with great pleasure that I do this show. It's something that I look forward to so much every week. And this was a really, really important one for me. So I really appreciate you listening. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. Do all of those amazing things. And all that's left to say is thank you so much for tuning in to Question This Life this week. I love you if you're someone who's listening to this show. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to speak to you next week. So thanks very much. Catch you soon. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Question This Life. You can listen to the podcast at questionthislife.com, as well as all of the main podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and get involved.